legends like Kobe Bryant, LeBron James, Anthony Irwin. Like this guy here. His name is Fagan. Harrison Fagan. And we're live. Welcome, everybody, to this live edition of the Lakers Lounge. I'm Anthony Irwin. I am joined by Harrison Fagan. He and I are going to be just kind of chatting, talking about the trade deadline that was, the days leading up to it, what the days following it might look like. Uh, the fact that the Lakers stood pat is interesting uh, to us. Uh, and, and you know, Rob Polinka spoke after the deadline about, you know, what, what uh, the day and the week was like and all of that. So a lot, really, honestly, to talk about here. Let's go ahead and dive in. Harrison, the Lakers do nothing not a thing they don't create open roster spots for the buyout market by way of moving kent Bazemore and deandre jordan uh they don't move russell westbrook's contract they don't fire frank vogel they don't uh move Taylor horton tucker of all of the things that like they could have but chose not to do what was the most surprising to you now, Anthony, I don't know that you're being fair saying they did nothing. I mean, they made a lot of phone calls. You know, they <laughs> they did a bunch of research. They yeah. leaked guys that they were talking about. Like, they they had a busy day. They just didn't do any transactions. So uh, I know that that's, like, what you're upset about. But, look, I'm not going to let you sit here and slander the front office. Like, they worked very hard. To I can tell we're live. Because this is not what you have said. <laughs> This is not what you would have said had we just recorded a podcast. Anthony, I'm not I'm not being serious. <laughs> um yeah, I mean like you're right. Technically, people were on phones, people were answering phone calls. There was a they lot did... of texting going on today, okay? I think there were some phone calls made, maybe Do even you... some Zoom rooms. I don't know. Like I'm working to confirm with league sources, you know. It, maybe FaceTime was involved. I'm not sure. I don't know. Do you and think texts or emails or what is used more? Do you think the NBA should set up a Slack channel for GMs? Well, they do have a, the, the NBA does have like a group, like a transaction group chat for GMs where it's like the league announces to everyone that like a transaction has officially Oh, sure, been made. sure. I'm saying, yeah. I'm saying that like one that they leave open all the time that these GMs can just group chat about. Like that I would mean, be to great. be honest, do we know they don't have one of those? Give me like, access to that. <laughs> Imagine if they just had like a trade block group chat. It's just like <laughs> you can go in there. We're all agreeing. Nobody leaks it. But you just go in. You list your players each day that you're willing to give up just to save people time. How many private chats or how, like private group chats are there of these other GMs saying, God, Rob is asking about Talon in that pick again, huh? He's still I, there. Do you think that that's how it was like an icebreaker for other GMs <laughs> that were making deals at the deadline? They're like, oh, man, can you believe? Palinka called me up again, and he was offering this THT, none, and the first-round pick. I tell, I tell him no every day, and he keeps calling, <laughs> keeps telling me that he just wants to synergize our processes, whatever that means. And it's some, like some GM has a little too much and, and replies to the wrong to the wrong slack <laughs> god shut up rob nobody wants russell westbrook <laughs> like... <laughs> i 
understand that they have to do their job, but the audacity to like get into Russell Westbrook trade discussions and then be like, you can't have a draft pick. It's like, well, what, what did you think they were talking to you for? You thought they were like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Russ was the asset Harrison. Yeah. <laughs> Russ is going to offer you. you our highest paid player. I'm not normally allowed to do this. You know, <laughs> I'm not normally allowed to do this. Uh, I'm not normally being told specifically to do this either. Uh, but, <laughs> but but that's where we find ourselves. But no, honestly, like getting back to the first question. Yeah, yeah. Of the things that the Lakers, or at least Lakers fans, were hoping that the Lakers were setting out to do, what strikes you as the most kind of surprising that they weren't able to pull off? The most surprising to me, honestly, is that they didn't just make like some small salary dump move just, of like, just, which is just like hey. salary dump and like a minimum contract. But I bet like they're trying to get out from under these ta the tax penalties They're You know, Rob was even saying we're going to work the buyout market. That clearly means that you're going to get rid of someone. You don't have an open roster spot to be yeah. allowed to sign someone to. So you, you literally cannot work the buyout market without cutting someone. So now you just on the record created this other this new thing for everyone to have the guillotine hanging over their head uh over like am i going to get cut or not? i'm just shocked that they were not able to find someone to take on like like wayne ellington and cash to pay wayne ellington mm -hmm. you know to just absorb that and create a roster spot or like kent bazemore or deandre i mean deandre jordan not i'm not really that surprised that they couldn't <laughs> find a taker for without attaching a pick but like bazemore Ellington, like you'd think some team with an open roster spot would have been like, yeah, I guess like, you know, for a conditional second round pick, we'll take them on or for some cash or whatever. And, you know, again, I don't know that these were things that teams were willing to do. So I, I can't criticize too hard, but that is the thing that was the most surprising to me was that nothing like that even happened. Like I wasn't expecting Jeremy Grant to all of a sudden, you know, be in a Lakers uniform by the end of today, based on the way that kind of the trade wins were going and all the reports over the last couple of weeks and all of that stuff. They're just, it didn't seem like they were going to be able to have the ammo to make a major move unless they were just like, Hey, we're getting rid of Westbrook. We're attaching this first round pick. That's kind of our fireworks. I I'm just surprised that there were no, smaller moves of any kind in terms of not even just like getting a good player back, just freeing up a roster spot, you know, because now yeah. they're going to have to cut one of these guys and pay the tax on them, which is the whole thing well, that they were telling us all year that they didn't want to do. Technically, they don't have to do anything. Like they don't, you know, they we, don't... Work, we work the, the buyout market, but you got to be able to find a deal that works for both sides. And we consider ourselves strong partners with our buyout candidates and we like to promise them starting <laughs> roles and we just didn't have that on this Lakers team <laughs> I think I think I'm, I'm with you in that like nothing was done because normally like even just from a PR standpoint being able to go back to the like being able to go back to the fans and say like hey Lakers acquire this. former Laker Ben McLemore in blockbuster <laughs> trade deadline deal with uh, with trailblazers who would have been like the best former Laker out there that the Lakers could have gotten to like put oh you already know my answer who is it it's andre drummond man oh. can you believe it can you imagine if they it's like lakers involved in ben simmons trade talks and it turns out it's just as a third team receiving andre drummond i mean okay fine same but damian jones <laughs> i mean honestly one or both of those guys may become available based on where they got although you know i think the nets will probably keep drummond but he's their starter what do you like He's their starting. No, I think he's legitimately going to be their starting center. Oh, 
God bless the Nets. Such a smart organization. <laughs> uh, I, they needed a real star to pair with uh, with Kyrie and KD. So they, you know, they got the best one available on the market. Your uh, thoughts on this comment from Barnes. The happiest man with no moves made is Vogel. He can continue playing Bradley 35 minutes a game. Let's go. Yeah, you um, know, I mean, look, he's probably not he's probably not upset that they didn't trade for some, you know, like defensive combo guard or something like like a Cam Reddish where the organization could have justifiably, I think, gotten very mad based on his not that he's like some defensive stalwart or anything, but he is a young wing who is actually a young wing with wing size, yeah. unlike THT wing who, size. You know, the organization could be like, hey, yeah, you got to play that guy a little bit more. <laughs> and now and you can't just keep playing Avery Bradley 35 minutes a night. And now, yeah, you know, I, I I don't think he's necessarily upset about that. Yeah, it's it's funny. I I think the the the, the human aspect of that of, of all of this like really gets kind of lost a lot of times. Where like clearly, Rob, LeBron, although LeBron like from from what I have heard, LeBron was the one pushing hardest to try to get Westbrook out of there. Um, oh, you think? I mean, the you look, know, once it, he touched, once he touched the bald spot, man, that guy was gone, gone. That was it. Imagine we're going to find out after the season. That was actually the moment where that was like, it wasn't point. anything else. It was just that it's like you drew attention to my biggest insecurity. You are gone. <laughs> no, the only I, thing, the only thing that could have made that worse is if like Russ pulled his hand back and had a bunch of like hair dye on his hand it's like just like oh all right anthony I, I don't i don't need you or your anonymous sources to tell me that lebron was ready to move on from the westbrook experience because you know like he said it <laughs> he he sub he verbally subtweeted him during a post game and then the yeah. next game like just they're like oh so what he's like oh i don't want to talk about trade rumors and they're like so what do you think about russ like how do you stay in his ear it's like well trade rumors are really bothering him and it's like <laughs> <laughs> just like throwing him under the bus completely and then yeah. you have after the bucks game after the bald spot touch he's like oh no we're not good enough to win as is and then it's really interesting how after lebron kind of spoke last and then all you know like the the media availabilities were over and then all of a sudden everyone had similar anonymous quotes from an anonymous player in the locker room that said that they weren't good <laughs> enough to win at the trade deadline it's kind of crazy how that works out sometimes it was really funny the way that went down where like there was this swirl of activity yeah <laughs> of, of interest from the lakers perspective of wanting to do this thing and it followed those quotes that you're talking about and it all came from a lot of people that we know you know have 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 some some clutch ties uh although like like to be fair to you know people like dave dave is incredibly well sourced so like I think, yeah, I'm I think not, a I'm lot not of even talking about Dave. I'm talking about every single beat writer having the same every, anonymous yeah. source player is not happy with the moves. Do you think there was like a separate moves. scrum? Do you think there was like like the the scrum ended? Like they said they said, You're, all right, that's it for these questions on Zoom. All right, all of you people, get over here. I need you to say this. You, you're not this you're not far off from how LeBron has gone about these things in the past in Cleveland. I will say, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I'm with you though on on the fact that the you know the Lakers didn't do anything, especially like, look, giant elephant in the room. The Lakers have clearly been strapped for cash all year, 
And the fact that the Lakers now have to eat money if they want to improve their roster in the buyout market, um, you know, is interesting. And, you know, given, look, the Lakers could have attached some fake second rounder to some player that will never convey. And they could have, like you said, offer up the amount of cash that it takes to pay this player that won't count against their, uh, against their, uh, yeah, cash considerations don't count against your tax bill. Right, exactly. I'm sorry. We just got a wild comment with no, a lot so it's, of things. So it's but like, anyway. You know, it, it's cheaper to get rid of a player that way because even if you're paying them yeah. the salary for the rest of the year, you're not you're paying, not the, paying taxes the taxes with it. it. Yeah. yeah. And and so, like, I was surprised that they didn't do something like that. And even even because that, that next team could have just waived that player. Yeah. You know, whatever, whatever team that— DeAndre Jordan goes to some like 30 million in cap room on, on the table. They could have easily done this. And instead, you know, I'm happy for their players. They're all going to get a bonus. You know, Lakers legend, Kenny hustle is uh, going to get a nice little <laughs> bonus check at the end of the season. Mike Mascala, all these, you know, guys, was there, so. was there any players that weren't traded today that surprised you that they weren't moved? I'm kind of surprised that Kenrick, that, that Kenrich Williams, Kenrich Williams given yeah. kind of all the all the noise that we've heard for the last month about like oh the Thunder think they can get a first round pick for him it's like I, I was always dubious about them getting a first round pick but I'm surprised that they didn't you know get a couple seconds to move on or something like that like yeah I yeah, mean, same goes for for like Eric Gordon I and this was something that I like I was kind yeah, of charting I, got, I, I look I, hand up I gotta apologize I got got by the Chris Haynes fake tweet about Eric we, Gordon that was but th that was not my fault that was Nakia Nakia Duncan he yeah. did it and then he put it on my timeline and I'm like oh Chris Haynes bomb because yep. I wasn't on my phone I was on tweet deck and yeah. it's like, oh you know no so I was so we were we were live uh unfortunately when when you did that and we <laughs> We had a nice little moment watching that live as first oh. Nikias gets, well, first actually Sabrina got, got, she threw it into, she mentioned it with us that Eric Gordon just got traded. And, and I was like, I, who's reporting this? Cause I didn't get any kind of notification. And then apparently she probably got it from Nikias. You got it also from Nikias and everybody just I'm got not, it. I it's will, all, I'm only apologizing so much. Look, I wonder if that was the one time he's cussed. Like, <laughs> 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 Fuck off, fake, fake Chris Haynes. <laughs> he actually said LMAO instead of LMBO. A good at too. That's what I'm most mad about. Like they didn't even disguise the at. It was like yeah. amateur hour, and I fell for it, and I, I'm embarrassed. Um, but yeah, I was I was surprised that Eric Gordon didn't get moved. Uh, I was less surprised that Christian Wood didn't get moved, just because like he's uh, he's a better player than than Gordon. Even if right now he's he doesn't look like it, just because that situation out there in Houston is so bad and sad that I just don't think he's playing very hard. But but Gordon and his value has. is probably nebulous after that stuff earlier this year. Like you know that most teams were not putting forth their best offer for him. They were thinking yeah. like, oh, we can you know distress the you know distress player, distressed asset, whatever. Right. Um, I don't like talking about people in those terms, but it, you know they they felt oh, I, sure. I can't think of a better one offhand. And uh, like they probably felt like they could get him and kind of steal him away for not very much. Right. So I, I was, but like Gordon though, uh, people knew exactly what they were going to be getting. And this is like, this is something that I talked about in the weeks leading up to this was all we kept hearing about was how much these guys might be going for, how much Sellers market, everybody's yeah, getting the first round pick for every guy. Exactly. Two first rounders for Jeremy Grant. There's, you know, they, the, the Pacers were expecting 73 first rounders for either one of their front court guys. 
Yeah. Um, and yeah, like they wind up getting, you know, they got a first rounder, yeah, uh, Halliburton, who is like a legit yeah. first round value. And then they got a high second rounder. So they came fairly close, I think. But, but like other trades though, Reddish goes for kind of crappy first round pick. That's probably going to be a couple seconds and, and a player in, in uh, Kevin Knox that is just not an NBA player. So like, I, I just, I was surprised over the course of this, that those prices from these sellers, even if it's a quote unquote sellers market never came down. I was really kind of surprised that there was never any kind of, you know, motion back to reality. And instead of moving players for more realistic returns, all yeah. these teams just basically said, nope, no moves. And that, that, that really struck me as interesting because that's something that Mitch Kupchak used to do a lot was, you know, he would have Pau Gasol out there on the trade market a lot, literally traded Pau at one point, but he, Pau was like perpetually being on the trade market and everybody knew that he was eventually going to leave the Lakers. And Mitch basically said, I would rather lose Pau for nothing than have to take back a bad contract, a, you know, a player that kind of sets the market for future deals, all of that. So while I understand where they're coming from, I was just kind of surprised that you would miss, you would just kind of pass up the opportunity to get anything whatsoever for some of these guys. I, I think sometimes that is more of a long-term play for these front offices where yeah. it's like, we don't want to be seen as the guys who are bad negotiators who are going to back down or from our original price all the time, because then, you know, you're never going to take our first request seriously. And I think for some of these, it's like about making a statement and, you know, about mm -hmm. kind of the long game with it. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, can I throw kind of a tinfoil theory at you here with uh, Polinka and the Lakers specifically? Is it about him going to Disneyland? Because those pictures weren't like that wasn't from today, Anthony. Oh, like okay. if you fell we'll for move that, on. I'm... all right. We'll, we'll... Hey, you fell for fake Chris Haynes. Can you imagine if he like, up to his press conference, not said anything, but just had like Mickey Mouse ears on? <laughs> Mickey Mouse <laughs> shows up looking like Daft Punk. Rob, Rob, take off the take off. The no ears. one asks oh, about sorry. it. He doesn't address it. It's just he's on the spectrum video answering the questions in Mickey Mouse ears, and then occasionally <laughs> like he grabs like a caramel apple from a thing and just like takes a bite. <laughs> Honestly, I would have demanded the Lakers extend him if he had done yeah, it. Like if he I was that in on the bit, I would have been all like totally behind Rob Palinka, max extension for life. You know, Goofy is standing behind him. During, <laughs> during the Somebody, I brought, I brought my good friend Goofy. <laughs> <laughs> Rob, what was your reaction to uh, some of the trade demands from some of these players? Gorsh. <laughs> See, this is how you know he doesn't have, like, a real sense of humor. Because, you know, <laughs> come on, man. At least make a joke about it. It's right I feel there. Like all this trade deadline was, it was really a roller coaster for everyone <laughs> in the organization. And to act was, like it was. We were hoping to make a splash part. mountain. And uh... <laughs> so, um, all right. So here's my actual, like, kind of semi-serious take here. <laughs> Moving on from Splash Mountain. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> so <laughs> we could have riffed on that for a while, right? Yeah. No, look, I, I, if there's one thing I have and that my relationship has prepared me for, I could have gone a while on the Disney references. Yeah. How, how have you felt about the uh, Russell Westbrook uh, experience? Well, you know, sometimes with stars, they take you on these tours and <laughs> it, it doesn't go very well. <laughs> 
right? But uh, it's like you know we want to we want to send him to Mickey's driving school, but <laughs> <laughs> to cut down on these turnovers. <laughs> I was about to make a joke about like you know Disney Disney cart food with the turnovers, but I don't think they serve those anymore. You know, it's looking looking for value on the market today, it was like it was like Finding Nemo. You know, you gotta. <laughs> We called Toronto, but they didn't want to talk about Bruno. I wish that was real. Like, I want I want to get a leak in two months that the Lakers couldn't get deals done because Rob couldn't hear what the other GMs were saying while he was at Disneyland. <laughs> like, the crowd noise was too loud. Hold on. I'm standing here with Chewy. <laughs> I'll call you right back. I've been in line to get this guy's autograph for, like, 15 minutes. Hold on. <laughs> um, all right. What's your actual conspiracy theory? All right. Yeah, I guess we should. We should get back to... Um, I, I, all right. So if you're listening right now, if you're watching, like this is us like laughing. This is at least me laughing at my pain because I was hoping that the Lakers would do literally anything today. It's like, how can you not laugh about it at this point? I understand like people care about this. I'm like, I care about this. I care about yeah. doing this well and whatever. But like at this point, you have to laugh at this season. Yeah. It's just gotten so ridiculous. And <laughs> it, it's the only, if you can't joke your way out of this, then like, I, I don't know. Like, I can't help you. There's no. X's and O's solutions that I can offer at this point for what yeah. is going like what has gone wrong and, and also kind of deep spiritual disease like it's and, just... and also like if you've been listening if you're listening right now if you're watching right now good chance you've been listening to the podcasts over the course of the season you've heard plenty of me get angry and upset about the various states of the Lakers and at this stage yeah all I can do is laugh because no, this you know, is, if you've been listening, you've probably seen a lot of this coming. This is the Lakers lounge. You know, we're we're throwing <laughs> up a drink and uh, just like kicking one back with the boys and exactly just relaxing after a long, hard day in the blog mines. Mm -hmm. So my my kind of tinfoil take here about uh, the Lakers and about the way they've kind of done business is that. I think. I think Rob is kind of operating from a, from kind of a deficiency here uh, where I think people around the league probably look at him and the Lakers and kind of want to stick it to them a little extra. They got Anthony Davis served to them on a platter because of the, the clutch ties with LeBron. LeBron came to the Lakers, you know, and whether you want to believe it's because he wanted to work with Magic Johnson whether you're on the other end of the spectrum where you're saying that uh, he came here just to do Space Jam 2, regardless, you know, there were reasons beyond basketball that he wanted to come to the Lakers. And I'm sure there are people around the league that are probably saying, hey, we get the opportunity to watch these guys kind of toil in their own bullshit. We're going to let them. We're going to allow, like, there might be a more reasonable, that some of Palenka's offers might have been altogether reasonable. But I'm sure there are executives around the NBA who are probably saying, no, why should we help you out of this situation that you made for yourself? You, 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 the hubris kicked in way too far. You made this move for Russell Westbrook. There's one star too many. No, you made this bed. You stapled that. You, you, you super glued those sheets to the sides of the bed. You got to lie in this shit, man. And, and I, think, I, I think a lot of times that's kind of what the Lakers are kind of dealing with here. 
No, and I, I think, you know, it's been well reported going back to when he was kind of elevated to this current position with Rob after Magic left, where he's not a guy that is well liked by a lot of also other that. team executives and like the lot. So at least the longer tenured ones that dealt with him as an agent, like, uh, you know, it's like he, he he's gotten a lot of deals done with the Cavs. You know who didn't have to deal with Rob Palenka, the agent? Kobe Altman. You know, yeah. he never had a difficult contract negotiation with Rob Polinka because he wasn't in his current job. And so I think some of that stuff will dissipate. But I think the thing you're talking about is real, too. And I forget which one of the insiders reported it today. But someone put basically, you know, like no one is in a rush to help the Lakers get out of yeah. this and the situation that they're in and you know why would they be you know it's not their job to help the lakers it's their job to help themselves and if the lakers through kind of their own underperforming players and you know kind of the nebulousness and how far out that first round pick is and kind of you know the lack of desirable players or picks or whatever on their roster if they can't put together a package that another team feels like this is going to help me in my specific situation there's only 29 other teams that you can deal with Mm -hmm. You know, they may have just not felt like that was the right fit for them and not valued that stuff any much. Like, that's not a conspiracy theory. That's just like, oh, it's yeah, not their job to help the Lakers out. And, like, you know, David Stern would have gotten it. You can bet your ass David Stern would have gotten involved and forced someone to send a shooter and like a defender to the <laughs> Lakers or something like that. But Adam Silver is more hands off on this kind. Like, he would have rigged like a midseason draft lottery where the Lakers get to have like Bronny play out the season with them or something. I don't know. Like, you know. Yeah. Well, somebody, a player who actually would have helped. But yeah, I, I, I think. Like, I think with with where the Lakers currently find themselves and that standing within the league, I would imagine also, like, I wonder if I wonder if it goes so far. And look, again, this is a tinfoil thing. This is not me whining because of how difficult the Lakers must have it. Again, Anyone who clips this, edit that part out. Just this, just, this is me whining. The, the start, the start, yes. This is not me whining. Um, but, but I, like... The starting point of this conversation is that the Lakers maybe had it easier to be able to get LeBron and AD because they are the Lakers. Like anything that comes from there is just a response to that reality. Um, and I kind of wonder if, you know, teams that do help the Lakers probably want like it, somebody like and Seth Partnow was was on there today. Every, obviously, everybody was on Twitter, but Seth Partnow quoted somebody who basically said uh, that that being an NBA GM is a lot like being in high school where these deals kind of resonate and the way that you operate within that group uh, really resonates in all of that. And, and they likened it to high school and Seth said, like, honestly, there's a lot in common there with, with how everybody kind of knows each other. And it, it kind of makes, it really makes sense. It's a small freaking league, man. It's a, it's only 29 other GMs that Rob has to deal with. And These it's are also only highly competitive people that I think are also that know, we're, we're seeing this with Jerry West. You know, there is there are a decent <laughs> amount of personality types where yeah. these people do not get along with people very well. If you yeah. know anyone who's reading Chris Herring's book, you know, about uh, like the Pat Riley stories in there and stuff like that, like these are not people who just get along with everyone and don't hold grudges. You know, Pat Riley sent out a memo to tell Danny Ainge to go fuck himself. <laughs> <laughs> he said that through the of all time it was like on the official miami heat letterhead like it just yeah said, like tell danny ainge <laughs> to shut the bleep up and i don't think he said bleep no he didn't yeah. some poor some poor pr person had to go to their boss and are say, you kidding me that was the greatest day of their life they're like pat riley no. instructed me to put this out 
No, you don't know how PR people operate. Man. I, I don't know. I don't know. I feel like I, feel I like bet. I bet the bosses, the PR on. boss, was probably like who who's worked with PR or with Pat Riley for a long time. I'm sure that guy was oh, like, hell okay, yeah, this yes, is awesome. Let's go, fuck Danny Ainge. But Put I'm sure like on it, watermark. <laughs> if if that started, if that started at some like kind of lower level PR person, they probably went there sweating like. Pat Riley is telling me to do this. Oh, sir. What do we do? do this? <laughs> and his boss is like, hell yeah, we're allowed to do this. Okay, let's do it. Um, I think Pat Riley did not run that idea by the intern first before deciding to do it. <laughs> he had to run it up the chain of command, Harrison. Yeah. <laughs> Having started at the top of the chain of command. Uh, all right. So that, that, that was basically like one of my takeaways here was, look, when the Lakers put themselves, and by the way, this was some of the math that I probably should have figured into my initial analysis of the Russ trade was like, if this doesn't work out, nobody is going to be interested in helping the Lakers. And that the Lakers seems themselves leaked. We don't have a plan B and like December. Yeah. They're like if this doesn't work, we don't have one. And it's like, I mean, yeah, we, we all see your roster, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's like it's like the other day when there was the leak that it's like Lakers internal sources don't believe that the team can contend for anything meaningful. It's like, yeah, dude, like you know, they I, have I eyes. Lakers <laughs> reports are saying that, and so that's you know that is newsworthy. But it's also like, yeah, like con confirmation, like Lakers sources have access to the NBA standings page. You yeah, know? no, like Lakers sources have access to the games that the Lakers are playing in. Uh, I mean, yeah, it's still I, incredibly notable. That the Lakers are like telling reporters are like, yeah, this shit's not going to work like the day, like two days before the trade deadline. But still, you know, it's like, yeah, I mean, we can all we can all see that. It's the same thing with the Russ thing. It's like, oh, you're telling me, you know, like Chris Haynes went on on TNT tonight re reported that, you know, the Lakers turned down the Rockets offer of John Wall. And this is actually like, this was interesting phrasing. It's the only time I can ever remember where we've gotten a leak of an offer and the offer was of a player for a certain pick and another player where like, usually it's the offer includes the picks, but he's like <laughs> the Lakers turned down the offer of John Wall for Russell Westbrook and a first round pick. And it's yeah. like, I had to reread it because I'm like, wait, the Rockets, because I saw offer and like my brain was breaking. And it's like, well, no, also like TNT tweeted out the wrong, like they tweeted out the wrong sentence. They, oh, well, that that probably did not do me any favors. But they, they the basically Rockets, tweeted out that the the Lakers turned down the Rockets offering John Wall and the pick for Russ. And Lakers oh. fans, I saw like Lakers fans, I like I went through the comments and the replies to Can it. You imagine Lakers fans were losing their goddamn mind. And and if you listen to Chris, he's very clear. Like he, you know, he. he he says it in very much of the way that report, like reporters, please do me a favor, speak normal English. Let's just try this. Like, let's just try, you know, I understand that you have sourcing that you have to protect in all of this, but we don't have to like, I listen, I, I, I listen to Sean speak and I listen, I read his writing and it looks like he's using the center predictive word, the predictive text when he, when like, when he's reporting these things, let's actually use <laughs> decent language here to be able to report these anyway. But but yeah, I'm not I, touching that. But I am gonna say <laughs> like it was you know it's like yeah no duh but like, like it's like I'm not that surprised that the Lakers turned that down because it's like can you imagine how it must feel like the sharks are circling when teams are calling you and they're offering a guy who has played 40 games in the last three years total. 
Yeah. Like straight up missed two of the last three seasons, played 40 games last season before being shut down and has the exact same contract as Russ. And they're like, Hey, uh, do you want to try? We are offering you this guy very generously on our part. Uh, <laughs> You're we welcome. Like John Wall can really help you. We, you know, the Rockets really want to help out the Lakers. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, we, we just, you know, just for our trouble, we'd like you to throw in the 2027 first. Like, that's got to feel like an FU. Like, I can understand why the Lakers aren't doing that. And I can also understand where, you know, I think the thing, you know, it's like, oh, well, why didn't they fire Vogel today? Why didn't they, you know, why didn't Palinka get off of Russ today? Whatever. It, it's about job security. Put yourself in Rob Palinka's shoes, you know, as he's walking around Disneyland and he's thinking about these decisions <laughs> that he has to make where he is just like, you know, it's like, okay, you know, if I give up, if I fire Frank, this probably isn't going to get that much better. Maybe it'll get a little better depending on what you think of Frank Vogel. Like I know I've been critical of him, but I don't know that, you know, Phil Handy or David Fisdale are fixing this, you know, with the exact same roster where it's like uh, just the coaching change is going to get this team, you know, out of the playing range or something like that and go on a real run. Like, I don't think that they are a Frank Vogel departure away from meaningful run. If that makes sense, even if I don't think that Frank has done a very good job this year, I think this roster is just also very flawed to where I don't think that firing him is like, if I were Rob, I'm not thinking that firing him is like going to cause a gigantic run. So then it's like, so what does that do? Because you fired Vogel, you use that bullet in the chamber. And then we get to this summer and it's like, oh, wow. Yeah. You know, it's like Kendrick Perkins voice, like the Lakers still stink. And (laughs) who is the blame going to fix to going to go to if they already fired Frank, it's going to go right to Rob, you know? And so mm-hmm. if you wait until the off season, you can fire Frank, be like, huh, that was all that guy's fault. And you can't prove me wrong because we aren't playing more games. Uh, and, <laughs> you know, it's like for same thing with Russ, where you just talked about how thrilled you were to bring in like the Kobe era parent and like this Los Angeles kid and like get a third star of Russ's caliber and all this stuff at this glowing press conference, like took a victory lap, whatever. And then you're like, yeah, you know, Jeannie, actually, I think we got to attach a first round pick to get off of this guy. Like, what does that do for your job security? You know? So I understand why they did nothing and why they may continue to do nothing because this season may be lost either way. And if you're looking for human meat shields, it's a lot easier to keep those guys around if you're trying to protect your own job. I mean, it sucks to think about it that way because like what fans are always want hoping everyone to be rowing in the same direction and whatever, but that's very right. clearly not what is going on. Oh, cl- absolutely. <laughs> season no. And all the leaks like that. No, not it's, what's it's happening. I'm not, I'm not saying you're wrong. Like I'm not, yeah. I'm not saying you're wrong, but I'm saying that like, if I'm a fan right now, listening to this or watching this, I'm probably saying like, God, this guy's yeah, to be clear. Right. This is not a defense of Rob Polinka. This is just trying to understand why these things may have happened. And he's like, Oh, you know, I came into the office the other day and Kurt was sitting at my desk and <laughs> He took a bite of my brand new caramel apple from Disneyland. I played, I paid $37 for that thing. <laughs> Kurt's just bullying Rob around the office. Like Rob sits down with his lunch. Kurt just walks over, takes a bite out of his sandwich and puts it back on the plate. Like, it's like no, I'm picturing like first. everything that Rob eats is like Disney themes. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's like, like a, a ham- Mickey Mouse ear frosted cookies, you know? He has like a specific like bread cutter that is just the mold of Mickey Mouse. And when he makes himself a PB and J, he just plants it down. <laughs> That's how he cuts off the crust of his sandwich. <laughs> like, like Rob, what are you having for lunch today? It's like, oh, I got the grilled cheese and tomato combo from Disneyland to go. I brought it into work. <laughs> Kurt goes over and Colby bites off the magic. <laughs> Kurt goes over and bites off the left ear. 
you know. just drinks the whole cup of tomato soup. <laughs> oh man, I, yeah, I. But look, I'm not disagreeing that what you're yeah, saying like that sucks is, is, say. is like that sucks yeah, that that's probably what what is happening. But that's why well, it was I can't it was see. also widely yeah. reported. By the way, like yeah. you know, the thing that I give, I, I think. By the way, like I do want to give a shout out to the beat guys and, and the, the, After yeah, criticizing I, their writing, huh? After criticizing their writing. No, like, no, 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 that's different. Okay. I like, that's different. I'm done. Look, no, I, I think you can't sit here and tell gotten... me that like Chris and Woj and Sean yeah, yeah, yeah. speak like it, normal human beings when they, when they go on there. You to... read the, the coverage from the beat reporters over like the last little bit, you do get a very like good sense because all these guys are, are a lot. Most of them are talking to different people. Like, and you could tell in these stories that there are these competing voices of anonymous sources and what they yes. want to do. Or like you had Eric Pincus the other day was reporting. He reported like the Lakers would only do a deal for John wall. If LeBron James and clutch really pushed for it. And it's like, Oh, that was, you know, Mm. That's uh that you know that's interesting. I wonder hmm. I wonder who was telling him that. You know, <laughs> I don't think it's LeBron and Clutch. <laughs> yeah, that's I, like a, that's like a, oh, if we make this move, I, I want you all to know who who did that. Right Who's after they traded it? for Russ, yeah, like that. By the way, if you guys are like, I, I think at some point it'll be interesting to look back on the season in its entirety and look back on like where it went wrong and what were the first signs that it was going wrong when they traded for Russell Westbrook. And the first report about it was, <laughs> was that that was all LeBron. <laughs> like, that was, that was probably, it should have been a red flag to everybody that this might not go very well. You know, it, it's very difficult. By the way, it's not even, I, I think this is something that I think gets lost in the yeah, conversation about no might be five and oh it's an all-star game gm so please don't like insult his credentials okay like look he he earned himself like 17 wins today that yeah, was an that was incredible a, show an awesome all-star draft <laughs> but but like I, I i think uh you know we got to move on here in a second to about like where the lakers go from here and stuff but i i also do want to say that i think one thing that gets lost in the conversation about russ because like the lakers lose to the blazers last night or Wednesday night, if you guys are listening to this on, on Friday morning. And, and the conversation after that is, oh my goodness, you'll never believe it, but Russ isn't the entire problem with the Lakers. It's like, no, Russ the player isn't. Like that's yeah, like, no, duh. Like, yeah, like Russ the player isn't the problem. Malik Monk is, you know has had a- would have to play to be the, the only problem and the team is still this bad? <laughs> He'd have to be actively shooting on the Lakers basket. Yeah, they were like injuring the players himself. Right. You know, like you right. <laughs> so no, I've never thought that Russ the like player LeBron while he's driving to the basket. It's like, yeah, you know, oh, damn, Russ. <laughs> Taylor almost called called for that foul. They they turned it over, yeah. but he tripped the wrong guy. But no, I I, I think I, I I I Twitter is 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 what it is. Like people are always going to to try to double and triple down so that what they said at the beginning of the year looks that much better by the end of it. But when we talk about Russ and and you have people who liked the Russ trade, of course they're going to go out there and say like, oh, the Lakers lost to Portland without Russ. AD and LeBron played. He clearly isn't the only problem. No, then the How problem is... How bad would you have been if I had started doing that? 
last night. Like I would have known it would have been one a bit. Of the original advocates of the Rust trade. No, I I know that you're too self aware. Like I know you wouldn't do that, but but like yeah, I, I, until Rust gets back, Anthony. <laughs> that was a good tweet. That was, that, was a so, that was a solid tweet. This is your best bet. <laughs> but but I think uh, the problem has never been Rust the player. The problem has always been Rust the acquisition and Rust the contract. When you take up and that, the decisions made in the aftermath about who you wanted to keep using bird rights and who you didn't. Right. That too. Yeah. Right. And, and, and like some of that, none of that is Russ's fault. Or very uh, little. Of it. Like, I don't think, I don't think they were like, Hey Russ, do you want to keep Alex Caruso? And he was like, Oh, they're like, Oh, okay. Let him go. Well, but it is Russ's contract's fault. Well, yeah, but Russ didn't, you know, it's not his fault that the NBA operates in a capped league, you know, like that's, well, but but that's that's known. I'm just I'm not hesitant. I I'm hesitant to blame him for being highly paid. Is I guess my point. Like him personally. Like it is the contract and it's the decision to acquire a player like that. Okay. Like that is what's responsible for that to me, not the player. Like I can't be like Russ. You should have taken that a feels like and a made less. You know that like, feels like a distinction without a difference, though. Like to me, the contract is the contract. That's part of the that's part of the deal that you made. You knew that going in. I guess the distinction to me is like it's the Russ decision versus Russ. No, I mean you like I yeah, mean? like I think most of this stuff ties back to the Russ decision. Yeah, there are certain things that he has done bad, but it's the yeah. decision that kind of looms larger over that that causes all these other okay, things. Okay, like but, like but he's but not the GM of the Lakers. That's LeBron. But I also, <laughs> but I also don't think though that like Russ, I would be per I would be perfectly fine rolling with you a hundred percent on this, if. Russ did everything he could to make it work, but he hasn't. No, no, no. I mean that he hasn't played defense. For sure. No, that part is his fault. Yeah, yeah. I'm, and that's I'm that's not why absolving him of blame for that. Yeah. So I like I don't I don't know how to do the actual arithmetic on that, like the mental arithmetic. I I, I have no idea, but I do know though that like if you if you really want to find, well, I guess if you go far enough back, the real fork in the road moment was not including THT in that Lowry trade. If you were going to get rid, like if you're getting ready to move KCP, I thought we were tying back to last week, and you were going to say if you really want to tie it all the way back, it's God's fault, you know. Like I... <laughs> that's fine too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, let's move on though. We don't need to go all the way yeah. that far. Um, where do Lakers <laughs> go? From... <laughs> Honestly, it was all the Wooly Mammoth's fault. Like no, I don't. If they hadn't on. gone extinct, this wouldn't have happened. Okay. <laughs> come back, Marcus. All. Um, all right, so. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see that he the Lakers misery the it's, Lakers uh misery so Twitter spaces? I love him so much. He's such a troll. Like I made a Marcus All in semi pro joke over the summer. He like liked the tweet. Like Marcus All has a sense of humor. I I have like since he has left, I've gained an even greater appreciation for Marcus All the person. Like yeah. him showing up in these Lakers Twitter spaces all the time, just like from Spain. It's like the afternoon or whatever. He's in there. He's just like <laughs> laughing at like how the portly things are going. I love Sip it. I'm sorry. Like it, sipping it's on a Pinot Noir Rosé. Just like, yeah. all right, let's see what these hey, poor saps are he, doing. He's checking his phone at like halftime of his game. Um, You know, like. <laughs> Didn't he retire? I think he retired. No, he, he's playing for his own team in like the second division in Spain. He's going to win MVP, I believe. I think he's averaging like 35 a game. Like his numbers are ridiculous because he's playing against guys that are not anywhere near NBA. Cal he's basically like if Jackie Moon was Michael Jordan, you know, like he's <laughs> it's incredible. <laughs> Live your life, man. I, respect I know. Look, it. Uh, who would want to go back to the NBA after that? Like, you know, he made his money. He competed for what he can. Like, that's probably fun as hell. Where's his where's his league located in? 
Spain. Well, like where in Spain? Is it like oh, coastal Spain? If it's like coastal Spain, that dude is fucking living. I, I honestly do, do not. I'm not familiar enough with Spanish geography to answer that question. Mark, if you're Mark, if you're listening or watching, let us know. Hit us Fly up in us the out. comments. We'll record a Lakers lounge uh, like with you. Look, we can do like our own. Lakers I will make a podcast experience. for that guy's team. And you got like you got campaign jumping in after the game and being like like the Lakers are the worst team in the West and they're like you're being recorded and he's like well we obviously respect every NBA team. Do you think do you think like if if somebody would have said something kind of mean to campaign he would have fallen over? Like yeah, do you think he would have like, like phone drop to the ground? He just flops. <laughs> yeah, <He> just like <laughs> Cam, go through one possession without falling over. <laughs> Um, but all right. Where the Lakers go from here? Lakers go. <laughs> I they go get Marc Gasol from Spain, Anthony. <laughs> we we got to go back. That's when it all started. That's um, why he's I, been I tuning in on these spaces. When yeah, are they going to offer I, me my job back? <laughs> I don't know the answer to that question. Like I, I honestly, this is not like a indecisive Harrison, whatever. Like I'm not trying to say the wrong thing type of thing. Like I genuinely have no clue what they can do to make this kind of more tenable for the rest of the year. Because if you're not going to send Russ home and you're not going to fire Frank, and I think that we've covered the reasons why they're probably not going to do either of those things. Like, do those, like, do they have like a team counselor come in and just be like, Hey guys, can you not hate each other? Like, what do they do? Or is this just going to be a tire fire the rest of the year? Like, you know, I, I don't, I, I know that you, uh, like the, uh, who was it? It was Wayne Bembry that got cut today by the DeAndre Bembry, DeAndre Bembry. Oh, Wayne Embry. I was like mixing him up as like an old, they did like a historical post on him today. Uh, mm. DeAndre Bembry got cut. Uh, and, you know, I know that you are like, hey, you love buyout additions. There's nothing you love more than buyout additions and getting mad when they get promised things. And so this is like your time <laughs> of year. And, uh, but like, Deion, you know, he's not saving this season. No. You know, no one on the buyout market is coming in and fixing No, it. absolutely not. Well, if that's the goal, then you don't do anything. If the goal, like if, you if you're, what is the goal? I don't, <laughs> well, that's the thing though, right? Like, that's the question. That's the, that's the million dollar question here, right? Is it like, all right, yeah, the goal here, if it's to fix this season and to turn this season around, then there's nothing at all that the Lakers can do. Nothing. Uh, if the goal is, hey, try to get some positive momentum going into next season with some guys who might be able to stick around, then, yeah, I think you do take a longer look at at, at Bembry, Wayne Bembry's great great grandson, or something like that. <laughs> Embry, um, Embry, Embry. What I th- yeah, yeah. Um, but, no relation. But, I just similar sounding last names. I, or at least I assume <laughs> no relation. I don't know. <laughs> uh, but like, I I I would like the Lakers to take a. I would like to see the Lakers get involved in in DeAndre Bembry. He played. He plays solid defense. Shoots okay from three point. So you're range. ready for them to sign another guy named DeAndre from the Nets. Just swap out DeAndre's. Just, just swap. <laughs> but here's the other thing. At this point, there is no reason to have Jordan on the team. There's no reason whatsoever to have him on the roster. I understood keeping him through to the deadline because you might need some filler contracts. Gives you some more flexibility there without having to move guys that are can, actually like, part. Keep Russ from storming off the floor when he gets benched. Like you also know, that valuable things. You know. Mm-hmm. But like at this stage, he's not going to help you on the court. There's, you know that he's going to get replaced at some point. He shouldn't be on the roster anymore. Um, I think you could probably say the same for Kent Bazemore. I think for him, he's complicated, man. I, I, he's, he's that one thing that I probably should quit that I won't. 
he's my alcohol. Oh, I've, um, I've given up. I, I gave up like, no, I, I, like I said, I probably should I too. Like 20, like, I don't know, 15 games into the season. Like before he got benched, I had basically given up on like Kent Bazemore being like a meaningful part of this team. Yeah. It, like, he's been one of my least favorite Lakers to watch from a basketball perspective in a long time. All true. Uh, so I, I but I he's think like a very, very nice man, but yeah, I just do not enjoy watching him play basketball. Right. At all. I don't think he does. <laughs> Definitely carry water, Anthony. You know he's a, he's a lumber enthusiast. Maybe that's his problem. He hasn't worked on any basketball skills. He's just chopping wood and Frank carrying has him water. Out like Mr. Miyagi, he's like, no, go <laughs> chop some wood and carry some water, and your jumper will return. <laughs> he's like Frank. My hands are so calloused. I can't hold a basketball right I can't now. Can't chop any more wood or carry any more water <laughs> or dribble with <laughs> at all. Um, no, but I I think I. I think there's some value in in trying to, you know, move guys that are at the end of the at the end of the roster to try to bring in some some guys who have a little bit more upside than those guys currently have. Because yeah, the you problem gotta, is you gotta shuffle the deck chairs on the Titanic in series. Yeah. No, you really do. You honestly do. The view on the other side is way better if you can't see the iceberg. Yeah. Um <laughs> that's what the captain said before it wasn't his fault that it uh that it sunk. <laughs> He's just facing had to get it in. Direction. We got to get one in every week. <laughs> um, the other thing, I mean, you kind of mentioned it in passing. The Russ and Vogel relationship has frayed to a point this that is, is this is toxic. Like, yeah, you have the Frank. I have never heard him talk about a player like he talks about Russ. And he says it's almost jarring because he says it with a, with a smile on his face. He's talking yeah. like dad Frank, but he's like, yeah, you know, you hope the player like is going to learn from being benched and they're going to get better. Like not even using his name. You hope the player is going to learn right. from being benched and get better from it. And it's like, oh, well, you know, I, I of course respect all the things that Russ has done for this team and all the, you know, all, all the, or not for this team, but in his career, I respect all of his past production, but I got to look out for the team and do the things that, you know, help the team win. And basically saying Russ is not that in my yeah. opinion. So right. If he Russ isn't playing. <laughs> yeah. I, I and then and then Russ after the games right is saying that no there has been no communication and yes yeah. I have earned the right to be able to start and and there's just like back and forth in the media about it uh, I don't know talk to each other like <laughs> it's it's an option maybe they yeah. don't know maybe they don't like maybe that maybe Frank comes from the the school of Byron where like you have to earn there's the right to saying, be able they to... forgot to take Byron's sign on the office down that says like no players do allowed. not come in here do not yeah. make eye contact with me right. Uh, the other news from today, like Zane is talking about here, uh, the season starts when Kendrick Nunn gets back. Season's never starting, bud. Like I'm, I, I've been trying to tell everybody over the course of the season. We have been trying to tell everybody over the course of the season, the 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 way that the Lakers have handled this and some of the stuff that you hear behind, behind the scenes. Look, neither you or I are doctors, but it has never seemed like this guy was going to play this year, uh, and and it just like. He went from from February to later in February to now late Anthony, March. I found an article that I wrote in the preseason saying Frank Vogel hopeful Kendrick Nunn will be back for season opener for the opener. Yeah. 50 something games ago. And now it's like he's like, oh, yeah, you know, he's probably not going to be back till March. And Rob Plinka comes out and it's like, yeah, he's probably not, not going to be back March. till late March. Yeah, <laughs> right. Like, oh, OK. Yeah. The, Lakers, the Lakers last game is on April 10th. <laughs> It's you know, what, it's two, just, yeah, two I, weeks like, before. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's just like, I don't, 
that's not a meaningful reinforcement coming in at that point because you know he's coming off of a knee injury he's not like he hasn't mm -hmm. been out there running and try playing in pickup games to try and stay in shape you know what i mean like this is right. not someone that you can count on anything from at this point and so yeah i mean th this just sort of i had not been I, I think it was around like december or something that i wrote or january that i wrote like i don't know that i expect to see this guy this season at this point and mm -hmm. nothing that has happened since then has kind of dissuaded me from that take it's just like it's been so nebulous it's so constantly kicking mm -hmm. the can down the road to avoid saying we're shutting him down like i just you know maybe there are genuine medical reasons for that again neither of us are doctors but it's just never felt like a normal injury saga where the guy is like going to come back well it, it just doesn't it doesn't ever sound good when the harder they work him the worse his knee gets and that's yeah. in practice settings that's yeah. not that's not going out and playing a game and re-injuring it. It's, hey, we like escalated his practice level up a notch and his knee couldn't handle it. And, yeah. you know, that's not normally something that that, that happens. And like, look, I, I get this a lot, uh, you know, stuff like this from Barnes, uh, worst bone bruise of all time. But uh, I, Jen's in the other room. I'll bring her in here and she can explain that depending on the location of the bruise, different areas of the body get certain amounts of blood flow. Yeah, no, and, Dr. Brar has written about this for us repeatedly. Like bone bruises sometimes do take this long. Like it is, yeah, I know that sometimes they require surgery. Like not a significant thing, yeah. but a bone bruise is a different thing and they can really linger. And there's like no specific timetable. You never know how anyone is going to heal, or at least this is my understanding. So it's, you know, like it, it's obviously a bad bone bruise and it's on the worse end of it than the better mm -hmm. end of it and the more manageable end of it. But it's clearly not something that is going to kind of, you know, uh, at this point, you just can't expect anything from him. Yeah. Like what, what Jen, so I remember asking Jen about this the first time that it got pushed back and I asked her, I think it went, I, I talked about this on one of the lowdowns back then. And I said that like, and, and like you said, Dr. Brar wrote about this too. He's an actual doctor. He's going to explain this better than me, but what will sometimes happen with some of these bone bruises that are deep inside these, these locations that the blood flow doesn't reach as as uh considerably as in other areas is that you wind up having to go and open up that area so that you can get some blood blood flow in there so that that bone bruise can kind of start to heal itself um and if 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 it doesn't happen on its own you are required to go in there and clean and clean it out with surgery and look I, I i think the next update is going to be that i think we're probably look late march already you're a week or two away from the end of the season I think the next update is probably going to be something along the lines of either he's just shut down without any surgery pending or yeah, we're going to go in there and try to clean it out and get him ready. Cause he has a player option for next year. He's probably going to take that option. He's I going don't to... see how he wouldn't take that option at this point. Oh no. You know, yeah. like, it's just, there's no way that he's going to get more than that on the open market. Right. So I, I think, uh, you know, I, I think that's where, where this is heading. And you know, when, when Rob kind of, alludes to it as a way that the Lakers might improve after this trade deadline. It was, it was kind of a laughable statement to make. And then uh, on, on this buyout market too, you know, I, you never know with, with buyouts there, uh, John Hollinger wrote up a piece today talking about some of the veterans who are going to be available in this buyout market. Um, one of the blows that really kind of hurt me uh, in, in on this front was Thaddeus Young getting uh, traded to Toronto that was somebody that like actually would have 
not solved the Lakers, but really seriously helped. That doesn't appear like it's happening. So if you guys are asking, if you guys are ever curious what type of player, what we would like to see the Lakers uh, add to this roster, I know for me personally, I any walking, talking, breathing wing, any of them whatsoever, like it's just, it's the Lakers are so deficient in terms of sizable athleticism uh, that, that, you know, they, they still seriously need to add that. And then look, the Lakers probably also need to find a more consistent backup center. Dwight looks good once a week, but you're going to wear out AD. You're going to wear out LeBron playing them like that. So you probably need some kind of a center hoping for DeAndre or Damian Jones, hoping like, you know, clearly, obviously hoping for that on my end. Uh, but any center who can... Would you take Andre Drummond back? Like, has this season broken he's you He's starting enough? in Brooklyn. Like, No, no, no. I'm just saying, look, it's oh. a hypothetical scenario yeah. where he's yeah. cut. Yeah, he's better, than, he's better than both Dwight and DeAndre. Like, okay. he's, he's better than both of those guys. So can you apologize for some of your takes last year? No, because he... <laughs> no, he shouldn't have been promised a starting worth role. a shot. <laughs> Is there anything beyond those two things that you would look for in the buyout market? Do you think the Lakers should send Russ home? (laughs) I honestly do not think that it's like, like, I don't think that it's the worst idea in the world. I I think, I don't think it's a coincidence that Taylor Horton Tucker played his best game in a long time while Russ was out. And I, if you're the Lakers and you're talking about like the, the, the the long-term investment here, if you aren't like, because basically what they told everybody is, Hey, there isn't a move that wins us the championship this year. We're trying to build for the future. Fine. If that's what you're going to do, send Russ home and give T- THT the keys because I, he is your hypothetical future. I am empathetic to Russ and the circumstances that he is dealing with where he's Absolutely. having to come to terms with, you know, not being what he once was. Mortality. Having to be asked to do different things constantly. He's been the most consistent guy in the lineup. You know, like I, I understand why he is frustrated. I also think, and I made this point when I was on with uh, Claire DeLune yesterday on her like green room, like I think that he has handled this about as poorly as he possibly could have. And so that is where kind of like, I understand why he is not handling it well and why he is upset and why he is like, you know, throwing a fit on the bench when he gets benched and you know, mm-hmm. all of these things. I, I totally get it on a human level, but, but- I just benched me. I I wanted to troll. I wanted to troll Raj and and Sabrina throughout their entire recording, but apparently that's frowned upon at SB Nation. Yeah, no, you are. Believe it or not, you're not allowed to like crash the contractor's recording and then just scream (laughs) at them the whole time. Uh, Yeah, it's frowned upon. Um, So yeah, I mean, it's just. You know, I'm not necessarily arguing for them to do that, but I do think that if things continue to go this way and it continues to be this ugly, I, I you know, I, I don't think that we're like out of the realm where that is something that could possibly happen. I'm looking at it. Like I, there's that to factor in too, but I'm looking at it from a, like a practical logistical standpoint where it's not a functional work environment. Well that, but also for, for Talon, yeah. Frank refuses to not play him you know, alongside you get, you know, Russ. You know, you get a straight value up. You haven't played a lot more games like last night. Yeah. And by the way, he looked good. Yeah. Like, I thought the fouling was a problem, and, and he's going to turn the ball over some, but, like, so does Russ. And Russ, some of those fouls like, were a little ticky-tack. Like, that wasn't totally his fault. 
It's like yeah. Sabrina actually made a great point on the show that he just sucks at hiding that he's shoving with his off arm. He does. Yeah. Uh, and then, like after she brought it up, I was like, oh, damn, you know, I have no every drive. Every like, drive is a Heisman pose. <laughs> in, in fairness to him, his arms are like seven feet long, so they stand yeah. out a little bit more in the crowd. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's a, he's got to work on that. Maybe Handy can teach him to shove more, more subtly. Mm hmm. And, like, that's but, the other thing. You get these report, like, Kendrick Perkins, who is close to LeBron, who is close to Phil Handy from their day yeah. in Cleveland. Uh, yeah, you wonder where that was coming together. from. You know, mm-hmm. the, the day before the trade deadline, it's like, yeah, Russ hasn't worked with Phil Handy all year. Yeah. And it's like, you know, wh- whether that's true or not, like, how true that is, whatever, if it's an exaggeration, like, the fact that that is coming out is not, uh, you know, like. A, Somebody a has that right. Like super functional work environment. Yeah, some, somebody has that complaint and not trying yeah. to point the finger. Right. Like so, somebody somebody within the Lakers has that complaint like, "Hey, here's this player development guy. You clearly need to take this next step in your evolution as a player. He can help you do that." And we don't and think you've done that to that he's extent. He's not taking criticism in film sessions well, also which that. if you've watched a single media interview he's ever done would not surprise you. Um <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just like, you know, I, at some point, this is not a thing that it, like this is not a situation that's helping the team. And you got to try and like you're talking about what do you do going forward? Uh, again, I'm not necessarily arguing for it yet. I think maybe cooler heads prevail. Maybe now that you're past the deadline, everyone can just kind of say, hey, we're going to lock also in viable. last 20 okay. games. Let's just we, we may not all like each other, but let's just all try and do something and salvage something. Everyone's laughing at us. Let's try and fix this. And that's the only thing that you can hope for. And that's why I wouldn't do it yet. But if it goes like five more games or it's just this back and forth, like you got to get rid of Russell, you got to get rid of Vogel. You can't do this the whole rest of the year. Yeah. And claim I just that picture, you're trying to win. I just picture like, because we keep on going back to the Titanic jokes. I just picture Russ in those film sessions when they're telling him, hey, man, you got to make a rotation. He's just like, I have a child. I, I'm a father. I'm a father of multiple children. You can't disrespect me like this. Um. <laughs> No, I, I, I hope, and like, this is the other thing too, because, and this is the last thing I really kind of wanted to touch on before we, did you want to talk about like your, your, we got to do it. It's a, it's a recurring segment. We got to right, do Cause I, I actually have one on that front too, but all right. All right so we'll last, we'll, we'll get them both out. Last, last point then is that like, you hear all these, these rumors about, uh, people throughout the league considering Russ a lot similarly to the way that it went for Allen Iverson at the end of his career and how there was just this unrelenting belief in oneself that got this player to that point, by the way, like AI was this like five eleven athletic dynamo who granted was very talented in all those things, but that, that machismo is helped is what helped him get him into the hall of fame in the first place. So it's really difficult to turn that off. And then, with Russ, the, the the why not persona, why not take off from a step within the free throw line to try to dunk it on three different players if you can maybe try to do it? Why not? And then eventually you're not able to do those things physically, but the brain doesn't work that way. It doesn't compute what you can no longer do. The brain is used to doing the things that you have been doing your whole life. And so like on a very human level, I understand why it's difficult for Russ to be able to do this. However, he has Carmelo Anthony on this very team. And Carmelo went through this exact same the thing. Until Melo's back. That's true. It's absolutely Russ and Melo and none uh, didn't play last night. So clearly that is not the Lakers team that we should be evaluating. <laughs> uh, 
but but like Melo has seen this happen to him where the league like we saw we saw this with I I you know I, I kind of poked fun a little bit at um the the guy who covers the the Spurs on today's Twitter spaces where like yeah the Spurs don't want to go into a full rebuild they don't want to they don't want to consider themselves a rebuilding team King same thing they want to see themselves as this like playoff contender but sometimes the league just tells you who you are right like sometimes the, the, market, the Lakers who they are all year that's well the league has told Russ what he is now yeah. all year you know and the league told Melo what he was back then and he found himself out of the league entirely until he realized the things that he needed to do to be able to get back into and stay in said league and I think here with Russ look if he wants to step away we saw this with Kobe where like you know it was asked of him hey do you would you ever could you ever see yourself sticking around and taking on like a six-man role and and extending your career that way and he said no why would I do that I'm Kobe Bryant I'm I'm I, I couldn't, you know, and he earned the right to that stage of his career to say, no, I don't want to do that. I'm Kobe goddamn Bryant. And I think Russ has earned that ability too, to where if the league tells him this, he's allowed to say, fine, I don't want to be a part of a league that sees me that way. That's perfectly fine. However, he has one year left on his contract. And if he wants to be active in that final year of his contract and then be active within this league within it, he is going to have to rethink a lot of the things that he, the, the way that he carries himself as a yeah. professional basketball player. The, the, look, you, you uh, can't care as little about defense as he so often does. You yeah. can't, you can't just completely like do the James Harden. I'm just going to have my hands on my knee. Like he's a good cutter. He's a good screener. Like we've seen you do these things just do yes. more often. Yeah. It's how it usually works with a lot of these incredible basketball players. When Kobe decided he would want to pass, he would get like 16 assists. Yeah. He's just like, he just because like he felt like it. You know, if, if sometimes like, you know, it, he could act. No, that was, that was a legit. Yeah. And then the funniest thing was during those stretches where he would like average 15 assists for like a, a couple weeks or something like that. The Lakers looked incredible. And I'd see that like, yeah, Kobe, it'd be nice. <laughs> but, but like, it's but, like my point has been proven. It's time to go back. <laughs> doing what i do best you know and hey look it, it worked for him to the tune of five rings like you know it if did. you're kobe you get to do that you know it, 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 absolutely it, when you're Russ, it, un- it's like the until Lakers the league tells stretches, yeah you know un- where uh, yeah until the league told kobe that he was not that player anymore and you look awesome the way that kobe's career ended it is still one of my favorite all-time games ever was that utah jazz game i was literally bawling in my living room when he crossed that you know, 45, 50, 55, 60. That was an incredible night and all that. Um, and, and you know, some guys are able to, to roll out on that kind of red carpet. Some guys don't, though. Some guys, you know, the league tells them very rudely, this is it, man. Unless you rethink some shit, this is it. And, uh, I mean, maybe it changes, but that that's the direction we're heading with Russ now. Is I think so. Yeah. I think so. Um, speaking, speaking of the league and the world telling us that this is the direction that the world is, that the world is heading for me. I'm going to start here. Okay. I literally slept wrong on my Achilles heel the other night, woke up with a giant. What do you mean? You slept wrong on your Achilles heel. I'm telling you, I woke up one morning and I legitimately like have a, 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 I have my foot wrapped right now because my Achilles just flared up overnight while I was sleeping. So that's, that's my embarrassing, good God, I am out of shape and old and probably shouldn't judge anybody story. 
Yeah, so I... The world has been out to get me all week, uh, and that is usually the case during trade deadline week. Like, first, you know— Did Rob cut in line when you were trying to get your churro at Disneyland? (laughs) (laughs) I, first of all, I I have to disavow the podcast fedora once again because (laughs) I don't know if you saw this tweet from last week. It was this girl, Nikki Munitz, at N Munitz. Like, she tweeted, this was three years ago. I would love for LeBron to leave the Lakers so I could root for them again. And it's, like, her in a Lakers fedora at, like, Staples Center. Or then the, mm. the artist formerly known as Staples Center. And I'm like, oh, man. Like, now this is what I'm associated with. And, like, yep. I, I think I officially have to disavow it and never bring it back. Yeah. A show an all-time of bad kind of, take. Yeah. Yeah, the, the people guy who won were a like, championship. Were like, I can't root for this team anymore because LeBron is on. I mean, first of all, I I know the reason, but it's also like, yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. I I can't I can't be associated with that. And so that. And I thought originally when I when I messaged you, I'm like, this is what I got to talk to you about on this week's misfortune because it's like my whole my whole brand has been destroyed by this one tweet that is getting <laughs> ratioed to hell on Lakers Twitter and everybody's dunking on. But then something even worse happened, where you know earlier this week it was two days ago. I'm getting set to, you know, continue doing some pre-writes, continue prepping for the trade deadline, you know, do all this stuff, you know, just get to work. I'm like, let me grab a snack real quick, grab a protein bar, bite into it. I somehow chipped the back of my molar on this protein bar. Oh, uh, a molar? It was like a filling, but it like broke off a giant chunk of the filling. And first of all, I'm pretty sure I almost chipped a tooth on that before I realized like it was my tooth and I could not, not like, a peanut? bite through it. Yeah. yeah. And so, you know, I'm like, oh, this sucks like and it, like it hurt at first like really bad if you drink yeah. anywhere on that side of the mouth you know like eat whatever so that and i was like oh man i'm gonna be playing hurt this week real bad uh and then so i'm like okay let me call my dentist see if they can like get me in real quick and just kind of deal with this whatever they don't have an appointment till next week and so <laughs> because they're i mean i understand they're backed up because of because of covid like people didn't want to go to the dentist during the latest wave and i get it so they they're like yeah we have surgeries and stuff that we have to do it's like okay wait but what i do <laughs> so thankfully it has gotten a little better but you know i've been i've been playing hurt this is sort of like my my flu game like uh, doing the trade really is. While only having like like half a functioning mouth like I there think... there are there are very few injuries that could affect our ability to do our job and for you it's like stuff like with your hands has probably not affected your job whatsoever. No. It's annoying. I mean, but like I can't, yeah. I can't imagine that it's affected your job very much. Getting up from the chair right now is going to suck. Cause I haven't been able to move it and stuff, but like, yeah, I've, I've been, well, relatively fine doing my job while the, but look, it, it, you know, your mouth, your, your hands in your mouth are what you got to really protect. And, uh, you know, <laughs> somebody's going to clip that out of context. All right. <laughs> this is why Twitter had you on adult settings like for for so long and you had lost so many followers. It's so hilarious that like I crossed the 18s into the 18s simply because I'm no longer considered like the world's worst porn account by the way is what I would have been considered back in the day. Cuz I didn't post any. Don't anyway. use this is the clip for social, please. <laughs> All right, that's going to do it <laughs> for this uh live special live edition of the trade deadline recap uh lakers lounge show i i you know what i asked harrison hey do you want to try doing this live and he said eh, not really and i said all right we'll put it to a poll we did the people spoke 
You tried to sway them. You kind of did, just, by the way. I'm just mad that I didn't because that whole thing led me to like, you know, you were like, oh, Harrison trying to like undermine democracy and whatever. <laughs> like, I'm just mad that I didn't, you know, come up with stop list deal when the whole all-star saga thing was going yeah. on. Because like that popped into my head. And like, Damn, that would have been really good when all the Warriors <laughs> fans were mad about LeBron, like rigging, quote unquote, the vote totals. I could have been like stop list deal and I probably would have went viral. And now it's like, I'll, no, I'll save it for next year. Yeah, no, you can't. All right, that's going to do it, though. Like I said earlier, I have an episode of The Lowdown to record tonight, although nothing has happened, so I'm probably just going to leave it with the the trade deadline recap that is already up on the feed right now. Uh, and then Aaron and I you got to recap have, the All-Star draft. This is important to the Lakers' fortune. Honestly, I could do an entire show with you about that, about, like, just okay. going, like, beat so for... Anyone, if you haven't watched it, go watch the... You know, I'm sure it's, like, on YouTube somewhere. Or yeah. Whatever. The, the LeBron KD All-Star draft is as good as Inside the NBA, like, can be. It's just... It's like, as good everyone, as TV can be. Yeah, it it's live TV especially. It was incredible. Yeah, yeah. All right, that's going to do it, though. I'm Anthony Irwin. That was Harrison Fagan. This has been the Lakers Lounge. We'll talk to you guys next week.